0: So, how many of you know God has foreknowledge of everything? Amen? He'd already seen the future and predestined certain things to happen in a certain way and at a certain time. God only has plan A. Phil, to so this morning, there is no substitute. God doesn't do substitutes. God is has plan A and doesn't need a plan B. When you, because God is an eternal God who has foreknowledge of all things, he already knows the beginning from the end. So when he gives a plan, that's the only plan you need because he's already worked out the kinks. Amen? See, God in his foreknowledge saw the future and made the best possible one for us. He chose to include us in that future. Such is his great love for us. Now that is a reason to rejoice if nothing else. That he includes me in his perfect plan. God then offers this future to us. He offers this future to us. And as we accept him, he then unfolds this future piece by piece, as we walk with him. You still with me? But on this journey, we said this morning, so the start is the cross. We get to Calvary's tree. He offers it to us. And I'd like to think that I'm speaking to some believers this morning. So beyond that, God desires to Unfold, and I love that phrase. He unfolds it. It's just this, like a like a beautiful garment in a shop, and you, just, you know, it's it's all it's kind of folded up, so you only see like a t-shirt or a, you only see a bit, and then you unfold it and you see what it looks like, and it's it's wonderful. But how many of you know that God allows things to happen around us and to us? But he does it in order to bring his will into our lives. So things happen to me, they happen to you, they happen to our families in our lives, they happen in our regions, they happen in our nations. All in order to bring his will to the front of our hearts and to our lives. And God uses these experiences, uses these things to forge to refine and to purify us for the things that are still yet to come. So we, we, well, I, I, it's so easy. For, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. God's eternal. So I'm I'm here and that's my beginning and that's my end and God's all the way around here because he was here and he was, he's already here and he's over here and he's over here. So I... So, so yeah, my mind can, can, can comprehend the fact that things happen to me, but God's not surprised. God is never surprised by any of the things that happen to me. And does the scripture not say that all things are used for, for the good of those who love him? So therefore, all things, everyone say all things. Not some things, but all things. Still with me so far? Okay. You see, I get, and we can get, we can understand that. But then when we say, but yeah, but what are these things used for? What are all these things used for? Well, forging, refining, and purifying don't feel good. Do they? Most of the time. You've got to go some heat. You've got to go through some wet. You've got to go through some cold. You've got to go through a few different processes. Amen. But they steer us to a specific path that God has predestined. We all know that the word says that before time began, he thought of you. He thought of me. And he predestined good works for us to do. But in order for us to be able to do those predestined works, there has to be certain refinements take place in order that we're able to do them. Is that, is that sense? So, now that we know that, keep that in mind as, as I speak today. This morning, I want to talk about, or elements of, because it's a massive topic, and we've spent a lot of time talking about it over the last couple of years. I want to talk about testimonies. I want to talk about elements of testimonies. Now, how many people in this room can raise their hand and say, that you have a testimony where at some point in your life, God's come through for you. Excellent. Another question. How many of us have received a word which you know is from God or you've had a prophetic word or a God-given desire birthed inside of you but you're yet to see It fully fulfilled. You see, this morning, I want to talk a bit about the testimony, but I also want to talk about the unfulfilled testimony. You see, as we look to becoming a church, being turned inside out, and understanding what process looks like, I believe how we respond in the midst of seeing a testimony established has a huge impact on our ability to release the message of this new life to those that we are being sent to. So the testimony its great when we have a testimony. But there's a process in getting to that testimony. There's always a process in that testimony. And in every element of that testimony... There is things that God is purifying, refining, and forging. But how we respond in those seasons determines the ultimate goal of what we're here to do as a body, which is to proclaim Jesus Christ to the world. Amen? So we turn your Bibles to Psalm 34. Now, this was not a scripture I thought I was going to be using, but then God had other ideas and so we're using it. So, let's just start at verse 1. Let's wait wait for you to get there. Okay, so Psalm 34, verse 1 to 3. I will extol the Lord. At all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. You see, extol. See at first I think is that was that a typo in the Bible? Surely it meant exalt, but it doesn't. Extol, is to, it means simply to praise enthusiastically. To, to praise enthusiastically. Not just, oh yeah, not Sunday, now no, no, I'm not saying this is you, but not Sunday church Christian praise. I mean, enthusiastic, and I'll say this slightly African gospel praise, where it's all going on. It's all going on. Yeah? Not royal wedding praise, but Zambian wedding praise. If anyone's been <laughs> it's all killing off. Yeah? Enthusiastically. So I will enthusiastically praise the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. This the psalmist in this verse, in this psalm here, he's in a good place. He's in a good place. He's in such a good place that he wants anyone who's not in a good place to hear not only hear him, but to come and join him. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. You see, imagine, have you ever been to like, I know maybe a restaurant, and he's like, "That was an amazing meal. Like that just blew my really, with. I love me food. So I like, if I get a good restaurant, everyone's going to hear about it. I love me food. That's me slightly increasing belly over the years. It's starting to show now.' <laughs> I'm not, but are, are you. But or you've been somewhere, you've been on a holiday, you've been somewhere else, or you've been you want to tell people. And the thing is is this: if I've been to an amazing Italian restaurant, right, I don't first of all say to you. Oh, do you like Italian food? Before I say anything, do you like Italian food? I don't st- I say, I have had an amazing meal. You have got to go to this restaurant. I haven't asked you whether you want Italian or not. Because I am so convinced that you are going to love what I love, that I'm just telling you, as a matter of fact, you want to come to where I've just been. Yeah? There's a difference between saying, oh, it was really nice. If you, you, know, if you like Italian food and you think it's all right, then yeah, I'd say have a go, yeah. Go on a Thursday night, it's a bit less busy, you would be alright. No, it's just, oh my Lord, you have got to come, I'll book it for you. Come come, I will go next week. Yeah. Me and you, Chris, we're having a steak, it's amazing, right? This is a man who is so amazed by what he's saying, that there's no, there's, there's, there's not even asking you the question. He's just saying, let the afflicted hear and rejoice, I'm not saying, well, hear what I've got to say and then decide how you want to react. No, no, you are going to hear and you are going to rejoice at what I've got to say. Because this man has had an encounter which has caused something to completely engross him. To completely cover him. This man is also a man who is comfortable in the presence of God. It says, "Come." glorify the Lord with me. Now when someone says come and glorify the Lord with me he's not saying well I've not been there before and I know you've not been so should we just should we just try it out together? He's saying no come to this place I know what happens because I've been there and I love it and I'm really comfortable with it so come and glorify with me. He's also not suggesting come sit have a look, see if you like it, and then if you want to join in, you can join in. Is the, there's, a, again, an assumption. Come and glorify with me. I am pleading you, I am, I am, I am urging you, come and glorify with me. This is not someone who is saying, I want you to, I just want you to come and watch me, because at the end it says, let us exalt his name together. It's a shared experience. This man wants us to have a shared experience. Whatever he's encountered, he's saying, come, I want you to know this experience with me. It's not something I just want to keep to myself. In verse 4, I saw the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all, everyone say all. All my fears. Not some of them. Not a specific one. But all my fears. Three words that I'd pick out of that. If I can find it. So, I sought, he answered, he delivered. That's a great strap line. I sought, he answered, he delivered. God in a nutshell. In this scripture. Now. The thing is he didn't say. I sought the Lord. For five years. And eventually. He delivered me from all my fears. Doesn't talk about time. Doesn't talk about the length of time. Just tells you the fact. I sought the Lord. He answered. And all my fears were delivered. He also, he also doesn't ask you what your fears are. He doesn't say, "I sought the Lord," and he well, actually, what are your fears? Because let's see if my man and your fears match up. Because I've got a fear of uh, spiders, but you might have a fear of pencils. So let's just double check if, because because he delivered me from my fear, but I'm not sure what yours are. So that might change whether or not it works. This is not a man who's saying, I'm not, he's like, I'm not bothered what your fears are because this God delivered me from all of them. See, when you know the power where it comes from, it doesn't matter what the other person's fear is. Because you're speaking a statement of fact and truth that says, doesn't matter what it is, I don't even need to know what your fears are. But come with me because whatever you will ask, he will deliver. Doesn't matter what fear you have, he will deliver you from it. This guy's cool. I like this guy. But you know, some of you know, some of you don't. Well, some of you, some of you know, I've, I've spoke about it a couple of times. But two or three, I think it's three years ago now. I, um, my greatest fear has been, for years, I have two main fears. One, losing my wife. That you just can't—I can't get that out of my head. But well, forget that one for a second. Tinnitus, ringing in my ears, was my greatest fear. You might think, why is that your greatest fear, Paul? Like, why random? There's a lot of things you could fear about. Why is that? Well, my dad's—my dad has many air syndromes, so he's had it for pretty much most of—well, my entire life anyway. And has anyone ever had where you'll get a sharp ringing for a few seconds and it'll go away again? Anyone been to a concert, or you've been to you've been to a friend's fortieth birthday, and the DJ's like put on volume eleven out of ten, and so you come back and it's like that ringing, yeah? Well, that it's like take that down a couple of notches, and that's tinnitus twenty four seven. It's not pleasant. So as a musician, that was my biggest fear, because I just thought whenever I'd hear it, it'd freak me out, and then that was just my biggest fear. So lo and behold, three years ago, I was in church. It was that, this one here. Stupid thing. No. <laughs> and I came home at Christmas, and the ringing was still there. I normally get ringing after, after church, because obviously the speakers are loud, and you stood right there. That's normal. The you know, one thing about being a musician, you want to hear yourself so bad, you hear yourself too much. So it didn't go away. So I started to get worried. But then I starts to go, oh, you know, Lord, it's all right. So, right. Lord, heal me, heal me. I'm fine. Remove it. I do my old faith thing. Come on, God, you can sort me out. And then, weekdays, days, days after it's not happening, now my now my fears are starting to get real because it ain't going away, and it's it's not nice. An and now I'm not sleeping. I mean, I even bought these rain sounds. I bought, I bought these rain sounds. And honestly, without truth, I spent a pound or so on this rain sound. I'm trying to go to sleep. My wife has been very gracious with me. And she's letting me sleep with the rain sound. And halfway through, a dog starts barking. Who sells a rain sound with dogs barking in the middle? What was that about? Ridiculous. I could not believe it's like... like sh- 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 it's like, what is that? Woof, woof. I'm like, oh you have got to be right, yeah. So, so clearly that didn't work. So that went in the bin. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, that, that was a waste of money. Um, but anyway. <laughs> so, and every night I would get up in the middle of the night because I can't sleep, because I'm freaking out. When you're freaking out, you focus on your fear, and you spend all the time looking at your fear, and in that fear. I was like, God, heal me. God, heal me. In my mind, the only testimony that would work for me was the testimony that says I no longer have the ringing in my ears. Because in my mind, that was the only testimony. That's the testimony. It's all or nothing. Yeah? But after weeks and weeks, and I'm not healed. And I'm like, God, are you not the God? Who parted sea for Moses? Are you not the God of Isaac and Jacob? Are you not the God of, the, of Paul? Are you not the God that that did this and this and this and this? Still nothing. So then, I had to get to the point, or I said to God, "I have two choices here. I can either get ri- I can spend the rest of my life in fear of living with this, or I and and therefore." falling out with God because I'm getting frustrated at you because I ain't seeing it. Or, I can make a statement that says, even if I have to spend the rest of my life living with this, will I still praise you? Will your praise always be on my lips? The moment I gave in, Something flicked in my spirit and my mind, because what happened was, all of a sudden, I no longer feared it. I had control over it. I've, st- I've still got it, and in fact, I have two, because I have one. T- I have tendons in both ears, but then I have a separate pitch, which is in the- which is in the left side. Now I thought that was even worse because now I've got ee-re, ee-re. Which, whichever, whichever one I flip my mind to I can listen to both but the reality is is the second one at the lower tone is much easier to listen to than the high pitched one and God was gracious to me because he gave me that second one to help me with the first. So now it's like thank you God. Now I know I'm going to be healed of tinnitus. I know I'm going to be healed of it but what do I do in the meantime? So do I have a testimony? I do, because my fears have been delivered. I no longer have a fear anymore, because it doesn't own me; I own it. Do I have to live with it? Yeah. Is it? Do I have to adjust when I want to? You see, when I want to, when I'm hearing this message, the one thing that someone with tinnitus doesn't like is a quiet room, because there's no other sounds that block it out. I, I spend all day I'm at work; I don't hear it. When you come home, it's. So I have to have a word myself now and again. You just have to, but it's like, no, you don't have me. I own you, and it sits in the background, and I carry on because God has given me victory over that. So I can talk like this, and I can, I can, and so when it comes, even though I am not healed, I have been delivered. And sometimes in our testimonies, if we have the wrong understanding and perception. See, we've been talking to the young people about touching God. And we say, well, what does it mean to you to touch God? And some of them are like, well, unless I see the angels and I see God stood there before me, that in, my, in their mind, that means they haven't touched God. So is it that they are, is it that, well, that is the truth. No, it's not the truth, but that perception of the truth. The perception is, is that unless all heaven turns out, I haven't touched God. Well, that means you spend all your life missing when God is touching you because your perception is wrong. There are testimonies that some of us have and you haven't recognized you've won yet. Maybe because your mindset is, well, if you don't see that, then, that's, then that I haven't got a testimony. Verse 8 and 9 says this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You might have sang a song about that recently. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. So again, our psalmist, he's saying, he's urging those speaking to, taste and see, don't just take my word for it. Taste it. He declares those who fear him lack nothing. Not just they don't lack a bit or a little bit. They lack nothing. There is an unshakable confidence that if you try, you'll buy. This man has this psalmist has such an unshakable confidence that he can say, I guarantee you, if you taste and see, you'll see he's good. If you come to him, and fear him in that reverend way, then you will lack nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, I asked myself a question. Why then? Hang on, lost my spirit. There we go. But why don't we boldly invite people to taste and see Of the goodness of the Lord. Why. Don't we say. Come and glorify with me. Why don't we declare. That those who look to him. Lack nothing. Why. And the reason why I say why don't we. Is because if we did. This house would be full. To the rafters. So why don't we. Why are we not. Speaking and engaging like this man from Psalm 34. Now the answer to that is there are many reasons. And I'm not going to be able to touch on them all today. That's impossible. But when I was asking the Lord what did he want me to speak about. He asked me just to, to, to identify this one element. Which is that. We hold back because of the testimonies we've not yet seen. Because when we've heard God speak and we know God's spoken and we've received a word, but we haven't yet seen it, we now can't say taste and see that he's good. Because they might, might be. He can't say, he'll deliver me from all my fears. Because, well, it might not do. We have a shakable confidence, not an unshakable confidence. And, I can t- and the reason why I'm, what I want, and this morning, I'm speaking from a personal place. And, and this is something that Em and I, I'll be honest with you, don't really want to share it. But I am. Because that's what God said. Nine years. Well, we'll call it nine years ago. Could be more. Could be less. It's 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 been that long. I forget. Gotta be honest with you. Around nine years ago, God gave me a word that M and I would have a second child. Okay. It would be, the word was specific. It was from the word, so it wasn't just a voice in my head. It was from the word, in Luke, and that it would be in God's time. And why? Because when God foresees the future, he doesn't just have predestined works for me, but he has predestined works for my children. And so God said this baby would be born when he wants it to be born because this child has predestined assignments that they need to accomplish for their generation. So basically, stop demanding when you want it, and accept that I will give, but, but, but know that I will give you a child. Yeah. So you receive that word and I go up and I went, I remember I was downstairs in the office, on well, the computer, and I went upstairs and I told them and we received that. And for a while, you're excited about it. You've got peace about it. You're all right. It's good. But the thing is this. Throughout this entire portion of of my life, since that word came, God has not brought a single word about it since. Pastor Tony's not given me a word. Phil's not given me a word. When Pastor Pete and Karen, other ministries that have come in that we trust, they've not given us a word. Yes, sure, people have prayed over us and said, you know, let Lord let this, and they've 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 prayed over us and asked us, but no one's brought a word that says, you know, the Lord has not forgot, or the Lord has this, or the no one's brought any any extra, no one's brought anything specific. I was left with simply the word I was given. Knowing that, knowing the only thing I was left with was I knew I'd received the word. Because there's sometimes when you're not sure, and then there's also times when you know God's given you a word. Because it won't leave you, and it refuses, you can't, no matter how you try and kind of put it in your head, you can't get away from it. But it's also a desire of my heart. And those two things locked together meant I knew that this was something that God wanted. because it something I wanted. And we know God loves kids, right? Okay. But, when you, it's easy to say, yeah, it's in God's timing, but after a couple of years, after three years, after four years, after five years, all of a sudden, now remember, God brings about God, when God puts something in your heart, God God has got eternity in mind. God sees the beginning and the end. He knows where you are on the path. He knows that he's forging something. He's refining something. And he's purifying something in us. Because he knows what's coming next. But I quite easily can forget that. Can we not? Because even though a day is a thousand years. And a thousand years is a day in, in the heaven. And a day is a day over here. An hour and hour. Weeks and weeks. And months and months. And years a year. And so, what can easily happen is that have you ever have you ever seen a child or her child? Because I know I have, where they go? I need that toy because I've got nothing else to play with, and they've got a room absolutely jam-packed full of toys. It's like, Jake's like, I need this game. Oh, I've got nothing else to play. Jake, you've got 20 Xbox games and one of you only bought last month. And then you've got your toys and you've got your guns and you've got your other things and you've got absolutely everything. You've got a room crammed full of stuff, but he's got nothing to play with. Because he just wants that one toy, the next one. But the thing is that what happens, what what can happen very easily for us is that, you know what, I have a life... Full of testimonies. I've got a life absolutely packed full of them. Our God delivered me in my marriage. He restored my marriage. He's restored my health. He's worked in my family. He's worked in my career. He's kept me safe. I'm in a company that's, that's thousands and thousands of jobs. Closed hundreds and hundreds of branches. But never once have I been close to losing my job. I have testimony upon testimony upon testimony. But because I haven't seen this testimony established. It's like... All the power from those other testers has been completely emptied. And I have nothing to say. Because because they're the one I've got I've not got. So my Psalm 34 mindset, my Psalm 34 spirit is lost. It's lost because I haven't yet seen it. And because I fix it on that, and I lose the sense of the eternal, I lose the understanding and the, and the force that my Lord has, and I lose the truth, and I stop pressing in to that truth, suddenly I begin to think very differently. So what, so, but did I stop pursuing God in general? Well, no. I just stuck it in a box packaged it up, stuck it in a shelf, and we just don't talk about it. In fact, the only time we did talk about it is when one of you guys went, he's still having kids. And, Shut up. <laughs> we only we ever said that inwardly. In, we never said it outwardly. But it's a sort, anyone, anyone felt a sort of it when someone asked about something? And when you're a leader, and there's people that have come to us and said, yeah, well, you've still not seen that, have you? Because people will say those things. People will compare. People look. So then you begin to, your mind goes right back into the flesh. So I doubt, did I hear right? Did I even hear God in the first place? Was it God? I doubt life I've done something wrong. Yeah, God, you've restored me in every other part of my life, but clearly I've done something wrong. Yeah? I doubt God's power. Yep, you can raise Christ from the dead. Yep, you can heal everything else, but nope, you can't me, a baby. It's like God's power suddenly has a hole in it. And it's only over the hole that I, that, of what's missing in my life. You can do it for someone else, but no, not for me. Then people start to say things like this. So have, I, is there a point, is there a cutoff point when you're going to stop trying? Because in a, in, I'm 37, <laughs> I think. 36. No, I'm 36. I'm 37 in September. Sorry, I, I, I do forget. Yeah, I'm 36. <laughs> I'm not sure. I was born in 81. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, 36. So now all of a sudden they say, ladies over 35, you've got to have extra tests and all these things start to creep in because medically you're more at risk. And, and also, do you really want a kid well, you've got you've got a teenager now? Do you really want a newborn baby and a teenager at 40? You know, but the, the, the thing is this is now the word of God and the truth of what God... I've completely forgot this child is a destiny. I've completely forgot that the thought... Now I'm thinking purely as a human man. There's no God in this. Do I still want a child now? Because now, you know, I can leave Jake on his own for a bit. I've got freedom. Woo! All my... So all of a sudden now, I'm conflicted. But overall, I'm disappointed. The spirit of disappointment has now hit me. Because when you desire something, and you don't see something, it's a natural reaction for us to get disappointed. But there's one thing that God is really bad at. There's one thing that God is absolutely useless at. And I'm better than God at this. Lying. He's useless at lying. He can't lie. He's also useless at breaking promises. He's terrible. He's rubbish at breaking promises. So you've, found, you've learned two things today: God's wish at two things. Lying and breaking promises. But we forget that. But the whole point, while I'm going through this whole process, what kind of person am I standing in the in temple courts? What kind, of, what kind of evangelist am I? Not a very good one, because I'm a silent one. Because, because, I'm, because whether I like it or not, I may have put that box on the shelf, but that box leaks. That box leaks, and it leaks into every other part of my life. And sometimes we, because we focus on the what we haven't, we don't focus on what we have. So the victorious Christian life becomes, no, I've lived, I'm living the afflicted Christian life. But God has not called us to do that. God has called us to live. But, but God has not also, God, at what point did God say all things were easy? You know, we all love the testimonies where you go, God, sort it out and bang, next morning it's there. Yes, we love that. We all love that. But do we, But is the, the word, the word is useful for what? It's for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training. In righteousness, we have to learn. A few. If I don't go through these scenarios, then how am I ever going to learn? Because I'm only thinking about what I need now, but he's looking at what I need to do in the future. So God has to let me work for some stuff. That's why I haven't had a word. Because it's not about, you know, how many Christians will go from conference to conference because they're looking for another prophetic word to kind of give them another injection. You know, my dad has to have injections in his knees, right? Because he has dodgy knees. And I've got a, a lady at work who has them in her back. And they're only allowed them once every three months. Because, but it, it relieves the pain. But it's like we do that spiritually. We look for an injection to relieve the pain for a few months. That keeps me going. And then when I get a bit low again, I go for another injection. Because... But what that's showing me is that I can't hold on to the Word. I can't hold on to the Word. And because I can't hold on to the Word, all of a sudden, nothing is certain in my faith anymore. Now, I might not say that to you, but that's what my life begins to, 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 to relate. And that's why I believe that so many people in the church can't go out there with a Psalm 34 spirit. Because for everything that God has done, because of the one that he hasn't done yet... We're shaken to the point where we now have no confidence to declare. We can And we can say, oh, it's fear of man. No, it's not fear of man. It's fear that you... It's that, well, what if it doesn't happen? That's always the question. What if it doesn't happen? Did the guy in Psalm 34 care one iota about what they thought? He was just proclaiming, taste and see. Come and join with me. Come and glorify with me. I, I asked, he delivered but he doesn't talk about time scales. Now, would you turn your Bible to 1 Kings for me? See, I would love to be talking to you about this. And normally, you would talk about these things. And in a minute, I'm going to run off stage. And I'm going to run and go, ta-da, here's the baby. Em's been hiding it for ages. And it's like, ta-da, here's what I made it. God did it. Yay. I'd love to do that. But the reason why God asked me to talk about this this morning is because, because, so when I declare to you that I've already got two children, just one's not here yet. Something has to change in me. Something has to change in me. You see, before, while you're in 1 Kings, it talks about this in in Psalm 34. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from their troubles. The, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. But you have to allow God to take your crushed spirit. You've got to allow him to take hold of your crushed spirit because that's What keeps you where you are? Crushed. And broken. And so for many of us, we stop and we give up on seeing the testimony go. So we're now not pursuing that testimony anymore. We just live as we are, knowing we'll always be unfulfilled in that area. That makes us sick. Proverbs says, a hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so in my life... I, li- I carried on, we're, well, we're doing what we're doing, and God's blessing us in other areas, but this one's off limits. I've just stopped talking about it. Emma and I didn't talk about it, because when we did, it, only, it just makes you depressed. But something has to change, or I'm doomed to live this forever. Because just because God said the word, if I do nothing, at what point am I giving God room to bring his... Word, His power, His blood into the equation. But I believe that there are times and seasons when God sets up God encounters and supernatural interventions to update and upgrade us. And in that time, God will release provision and supply. So I want you to, read, to come with me to 1 Kings. And we start at verse 15, the two bits, verse 15, uh, chapter 1, sorry. 1 Kings 1, sorry. 1 Kings 1, 15 to 20. Now, the scene is this. David was well advanced in years. He was an old, frail king. Very old, very frail. So much so, he couldn't even keep himself warm. So we had to get some virgins to come and lie with him to keep, so he could use their body heat to keep him warm. So this is an old man, okay? He's vulnerable. And maybe he should have already handed over the throne. But I'm not going to... That's, that's just my a thought that came to mind. Maybe David should have already moved on by now and allowed someone to take the throne. But listen, it says in verse 15, So just so you know, before this bit, one of his sons decided, you know what? I've had been king. So we got a lot of guys together and said, I'm going to go make myself king. And Nathan, who was the prophet, came to Bathsheba, who was the mother of Solomon, and said, do you realize what's about to happen? Do you realize that what is about to happen? That this guy is going to be king and your son won't be. And, what, and this is what she says. So Bathsheba went to see the aged king in his room, where Abishag and the Shunammite was attending him. Bathsheba bowed low and knelt before the king. What is it you want? The king asked. She, she, she said to him, My lord, you yourself swore to me, your servant, by the lord your God. Solomon, your son, shall become king after me, and he will sit on my throne but now adoniram has become king and you my lord the king don't even know about it he was sacrificed great numbers of cattle da, 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 da. and then in verse 20 my lord the king the eyes of all israel are on you to learn from who from you who will sit on the throne my lord the king after him so there was a point now where the oath that she'd been given the word that she'd been given was about to be taken away from her So she realized, I can't just sit anymore and wait for it to happen. Because if I do, then my son will never be king. So she had to do something differently. She had to go on her knees before the one who has the power to change it. She had to go before and press in. And push and pursue the king, tact. So, if we go further in verse 29, so it's still chapter 1, verse 29. So, verse 28, the king said, Call in Bathsheba. So she came into the king's presence and stood before him. So, that's quite a, a picture that you have to go into his presence, into the king's presence, and stand before him. The king then took an oath, as surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble, I will surely carry out today what I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel. Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne in my place. And as you, as you read on, Solomon did become king. How long would it have been? Before David would have acted. David's not God, understand. But the word was given to Bathsheba. And she waited and waited. And David's old, he's frail. And she's still not seen it. And now it's in danger. Because of her inaction, nothing's happening. She had to do something, something had to shift, something had to cause her to pursue. At a God-given time, in a God-given season, in order to see something change and take place. We have to understand that your testimony is not lost. The unfulfilled testimony has still the ability to become a testimony. It still is there. The word does not go sour. But the word can remain unfulfilled if we don't do something different and we don't reckon. And I believe what God is saying to us in this season, in this time, it's time some of you to, to, to take the action of Bathsheba and go back to God and say, I haven't seen it. And God, I'm sorry I've left it this long. I'm sorry I've let disappointment. I'm sorry I've let hurt. I'm sorry I've let unbelief. I'm sorry I've let all of these things come and shun it down and keep my spirit crushed. But now is the time. I'm calling you on the oath that you gave to me. I am putting, I'm putting a demand on the word of God. I'm putting a demand on the promise of the Lord. Why? Because his word is his promise. Because God doesn't break his promises. And so, with, with so, so, for me, I was in this this dark place because I knew M was M just didn't want to talk about it. So I had to do something different. Now this year, God has been talking, and Pastor Tony's mentioned that. that Pastor Tony and I, we really felt God as as wanting, and we've seen God do something in our worship. So as I was as I was pressing into God, not for this because we don't talk about this, but in, in, in his presence for something fresh, this song came on, because if you're on Spotify, if anyone's got Spotify, you can just say, Spotify, play House Fires, or play Bethel, or play whoever you want, and it'll just give you a, 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 an array of their songs. And this song of the herd came up, and the words were this, Faithful you are, faithful forever you will be, faithful you are, and all your promises are yes and amen. And God took hold of my spirit in that moment and dealt with my disappointment and dealt with it and showed me that in his presence, the thought that anything he says will not happen is utterly ridiculous. There has to come a point that when we enter into his presence, that when we are exposed to his the power of his presence, any thought that this cannot happen becomes utterly ridiculous in your mind. Because that is where the Psalm 34 spirit comes from. That says, "I because it, it, it's taste and see. It's that I've tasted, I've seen. I may not have entered it, but I've tasted and seen of this God. I've tasted and seen of this word. I've tasted and seen of that which I know that has been put in me. The power, is, the power and the promise of it is there. It's unshakable. How could I have been so foolish to think it wouldn't happen? That then shifted something in me. The way I prayed, the way I spoke to my wife, the way I think I had to go to a doctor last week and tell him, because the doctor said to me, Would you like some counseling? Would you like do you, you, you and your wife need some counseling? I said, No. We don't need counselling because we are Christians and God has promised us that we will have another child. I'm only here for you to try and simply help me along because I know God gives us medicine and all of these things to help us. It's a blessing from God, but I don't need you because I am going to have another child. And the doctor's face is just looked at me going, eh, yeah, all right, all right, nutter, nutter. But it's time that I start talking. I'm not asking your opinion. I am telling you I'm going to have another child. It's just not happened yet. There's going to be a, there's going to be something that grabs you in spirit so much that there is nothing you can tell me that is going to change my mind. There is absolutely nothing because but that is the spirit that will cause someone out there to see God. They will see something of Christ and of life in you. You might not be there, but you may as well be. Because of the way that because of the what is inside our heart. And if you look at um I'll just read it. Romans 4, Romans 4, 18 to 25 says this. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be without weakening in his faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Just think about that for a second, right? Just think, 99 years old. I mean, look, right? I'm going to say, I'm going to be very careful when I say this. I'm going to be very careful. We know that David and Veronica are about 20, right? And I know they've got more range than most of my young people over there, right? But just imagine if the word came to them. Veronica, you're going to have a child next year. And David's going, well, okay. But that's essentially in in the flesh. That's ridiculous. Imagine the queen and Prince Philip. She's 92, he's 96. Can you imagine that? And God says, by the way, you two, what? You're having a new one. Utterly ridiculous, is it not? But yet Abraham did not lose hope. Against all hopes, he was unwavering in his faith. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God Remember Psalm 34? Come glorify with me. He gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Some of you need to hear that God has power to do what he has promised. And it's time to stop hearing it and start to believe it. Start to let it intercept the spirit that says, I'm disappointed and I haven't seen it and I won't see it. This is massive. This, if we can grab hold of this truth, not only will we have a pulpit queuing of, of fresh testimonies, but it will release a life that has to go out of those doors so that others can come in and receive this same, this same life. It's not about you just having a heart for people. What's the point in having a heart for people if you cannot? declare with all boldness and all unwavering faith that whatever your problem is it does not matter come here taste and see the lord is good he will deliver you from every fear he will take everything that is a limitation and he will break it off you and i can say that to you knowing yes i have a life full of testimonies and i also have a life that hasn't got yet everything fulfilled but it doesn't matter my position is still the same The word it was credited to him, this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. But this is what the Lord is saying to you. The words it was credited to him were written not for him alone, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. This word is not just for him and for those people in the Bible. It's as real for you and I as it was for them. They had to make that journey and so do we. Because the God of eternity knows exactly where your life is. And there's a season now that I believe the Lord is bringing us into as we try to turn the church inside out. That is enabling us to be able to have a position. Where we are unwavering in anything God says, and everything that God says, and that that is the message of this full life. Because in the fullness of life, things don't always happen in our time; things don't always go on as we would like them to. But it doesn't change who He is. He is. It doesn't change who we are, and it doesn't change the truth of what He will do. And then He says. In, in, if you carry on reading Romans 5 1 to 5, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and we boast in the hope of the glory of God not only so but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There's a perseverance that has to happen, but you see what another thing here is that in one Kings, not only there's three elements to this. Bathsheba had testimony fulfilled, right? David had his promise from God fulfilled because you will always have an heir. In the line of David on the throne. Had she not pressed into him. He would not have made him king when he did. Because if he hadn't have done anything. He would have lost. Out. And then how can Solomon come into his God given assignment. Had those two not started to do something. Because our testimony is not just about us. My unborn child is waiting for me to press in. So that she, have ordered a girl. So, you know. I've ordered a girl. So that she can begin t- to step into her God-given destiny. And so for those people who are also waiting for their testimony, because my child unborn will be the answer to, st- will be God's answer to someone else's unfulfilled testimony. It's not just about me and my testimony. It's a whole lot bigger. It's a whole lot bigger. So this morning, I want us to stand in a second. And we're going to start to declare some stuff. We're going to start to sort some stuff out. My soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. There's some, some of us need to learn to rejoice again. Some of us need to learn to rejoice. Now I know, not every, my, my, my testimony is a baby. It's either here or it's not here. I understand the words that God gives to us are different. The path you're on is different but the promise is still the same. That which God is refining in you might be different than refining in me, but the principle is He's refining us all. He's purifying us all in order that we are able to go as a house in the way that God is asking us to go. You know, we've, we've got the elements of corporately together, in one accord, but it's how we go in one accord. It's the confidence, the unshakable confidence that we we speak in one accord. It's the unwavering faith in one accord. That's the house that is unstoppable. That's the house that will ruin the city. That's the house that God is looking for. But It says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. I have never felt more radiant since I've started pressing in in this manner. I'm I'm giving encouragement this morning, guys. I have started. I have had to deal with my fears. I have had to deal with my, my disappointment. And I now feel more radiant and more comfort than I've ever been about anything. And I'm telling you now, knowing that it hasn't happened yet. Because if I told you when it had happened, you'd just turn around to me and say, it was alright for you, you've seen it happen. And so you can write it off. But as someone who is speaking to you right now, who has not yet seen it, but knowing he will see it, and I will see it, we must learn to rise together in this manner. They are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And it says the same thing in, 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 in Romans 4, and hope does not put us to shame. No hope equals shame. Hope, there is no shame. We are raging instead. So come on, let's stand together. Let's deal with some stuff this morning. Let us taste and see that the Lord is good. I will extol, I will praise enthusiastically the Lord at all times. I will extol His name. His praise will always be on my lips, no matter what, where we are. My lips have been touched by his presence. My lips have been touched and are full of a heart that is full of him. My soul will boast in it. You know, I'm able to, it's the craziest thing when you're able to boast in something that God hasn't done yet. But I'm already, can already boast. When I pray to God, I don't pray for my son, I pray for my children. We've got to start the way we speak, the way we the way you speak now has to change. The way you speak, the way you pray, the way you talk to your friends, the way we talk about each other. We must be aware. But I tell you guys, we are in a season. We are in a season. I believe I felt it so strong in my heart that we are in a season where God is setting up God encounters and supernatural interventions to update and upgrade us and release provision in the spirit for us to see something fresh happen among us. So come on, let's just begin to raise our hands right now. Father God, come on, just begin to start to exalt him. Extol him right now. Just begin to start to praise his name. Oh, my heart is full of praise. My heart will praise you every day. I praise you, oh God. You are worthy of my praise. Morning, noon, and night. You are worthy. My heart is full and is captivated by the presence of God. Everything, every promise in you is yes and amen. Oh, my God. The glory. I glorify you right now. I glorify you right now. Come on, church. Glorify with me, glorify. Let us exalt His name together. Begin to exalt His name right now. Oh, Shara Kanda, la Baba Shara Mandeli. E la Baba Santa, la Masata la Kunda Mandeli. Simba Baba Shara Mana Mana Sora Kadasa Tali. Oh, mighty God. Oh, mighty God. Right now. Oh, you're glorious. Oh, how glorious you are. Oh, my God. More oh, God. My God. Father, right now. Father, right now. See every heart. See every heart. See every heart, See every heart right now. I felt in the worship this morning, as soon as we started singing, covered. That the Holy Spirit, knowing what was about to be spoken, is already covering this entire building. He's already covering every one of you right now. The Holy Spirit is hovering around you. He's over you. He's surrounding you. This is a moment in your life. This is a moment. Take serious this moment. The supernatural of God is about to take place. To those whose hearts are willing, the supernatural is about to take place. I want, I want us to pray. For any one of you right now. For any one of you who is suffering from disappointment. You're suffering from disappointment because you've not yet seen it. You've not yet entered into it. I want you to begin to release that and submit that right now before. Say, Father, right now, I release to you my disappointment. Take all my disappointment and replace it with hope. Take my disappointment. Just release it to Church, I've had to do it myself. I know what it feels like. You've got to release it. See it as a weight. See it as a ball. See it as whatever you want and just place it on the altar right now. Say God, I don't want it anymore. I release it to you. Some of us use it, use we hide behind our disappointments. We justify ourselves through disappointments, but God is saying, right now, take it off. Take off the disappointment. Give it to Him. Give it to Him right now. Oh Ramama Satara sataraki. Oh, yeah, Come on. She Releases from our disappointments, Father. It's okay. The Holy is gonna move. The next thing. I want to pray. I want you to make a declaration. That's the same one I had to make with my tears. I said, Lord. If for the rest of my life, I did not see that word come true. I will still praise you. You know, sometimes as much you're not being, you're not being defeated in your spirit when you say that. Because what you're saying is, God, I'm not holding you to ransom. I'm not holding you to ransom that says, I only praise you when you fulfill my, when you fulfill these things. What you're saying is, regardless of whether what the word has, what, what it is comes to pass in my lifetime, I will still praise you every day. I will ex- still extol you for the rest of my days because you are worthy of it come on just right now just begin to say father god just just see before him whatever it is see before him and say lord i place it down and say whatever happens for the rest of my days i make a choice that says i will praise you every single day for the rest of my life and i will still rejoice in your name it's a hard thing to say but oh god it's liberating oh lord it's liberating father For the rest of my days, Lord God, I will choose to praise your name. I will not hold you to ransom. But my God, you are worthy. You are worthy of my praise if you do not another thing for me in my entire life. You are still worthy of my praise every day. You are still worthy of my life. I give my life to you unconditionally this morning, Lord. I give it to you afresh this morning. My life is yours, Holy Spirit. My life is yours. Just begin to tell him. Almighty God. Yes Lord. Yes Lord. Oh come on. Come on. Come on just 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 relate with him right now. Come on just his presence is here. It's covering everyone. You know, if you don't feel you've got anything unfulfilled right now, the, 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 as soon as the word comes next time, Father God.
1: Such a good so good such a good place to be. Single barren woman. You who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You who have not laboured with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. So there was a singing An action that needed to be done in a time of barrenness. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. That's what Paul's been talking to us about. So there was a sing, then there was a break forth into singing and cry out loud. Then he says this, enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the plate of your tent. Your tent is your mind, your spirit, your heart, your soul. As you begin to cry out to the Lord, you must have a wider capacity. And it's that like, as you cry out to the Lord, your capacity begins. He said, "And let them, and let, uh, and let them stretch out your curtains." So there's a little bit of discomfort going on yeah. to stretch something. Remember what we said last week: so leaning. Yeah. There's a leaning needs to be done. To stretch is always a point of discomfort. Hello? To stretch. It's always uncomfortable to stretch. But this is what the scriptures encouraging us to do, church. Stretch. Stretch your faith. Enlarge and stretch your curtains of your dwellings. And don't despair. Lengthen your cords. In other words, give God more room. Give God more room. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants, Paul's descendant, she will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities happy. And this is don't fear, because you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame, for you will forget the shame of your youth and you will remember. <coughs> Your um, reproach and of your widow no more, for your maker your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. Church, it's good that we all have challenges. It's good, every one of us has challenges. But what's the difference between you and maybe Paul is this. Paul is doing something about his challenges. You'll always have challenges with or without God. Some of you need to change, and you need to change drastically. Hear that seriously. You've been going around, you're caught in a loop. I know how that feels. You're caught in a loop. It's time, if you're going to get a testimony, something has to change. Hello? I sought the law. That's a good place to start. To get out the loop, you've got to break the loop. Start seeking the Lord at a new level. Hopefully, I say hopefully it's the wrong word. We trust God. It's a better word. That in the next coming months, this testimony of Paul's will come to a whole new level. And Mary will be with child. And Joseph, Mary and Joseph will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But not only will Mary and Joseph have their moment, but I'm looking at a lot of Mary's and Joseph's in this room. The Lord has spoken, but you've lost hope, you've lost sight, you've got despair, you've got despondent about it. And you know what? It's time to go again. It's time to go again. It's time to go again. Let me bring you to a word. You may have heard this. Press in. Pursue. Press on towards, until yes. God is established in everything you do. When God is established, testimony breaks out. Because you see God in this area. So what area do you need to see this testimony broken forth? We've been preaching this now since January. And Paul's words very relevant, not only to himself, but for us. Yeah? Are you there? Faith. Faith. Right now, some of you... I've got money in your pocket. I haven't got a lot. Don't tell Carol. Some of you have got something in your pocket. If you go into your purse or your pocket, you'll have some measure of wealth in your pocket. True? Now, when you go into your spiritual account, what do you have? Have you got anything in there to put a deposit down? When God gives you his word, he gives you a deposit. It's up to you to add It's up to you to add. I said it's up to you to add to your faith. Add. And these things will keep you from being unproductive. So just raise your hands. The first thing you've got to add this morning is your response. It's the very first thing that must be added this morning. The word comes so God can can move. You must now partner with this word. As Paul has laboured this morning, shared in his heart... You now must respond in the spirit and say, Lord, that's it. This is, I identify with what's being said this morning. It may not be a child, but it doesn't matter. It may be something else. Well, it will be something else if it's not a child. And you must come to faith in that area. When God told us to start the school, there was nothing there. For three years, nothing. And then God, just one word said, Speak to the older members of the congregation. That's where to put the nets. That's where we're putting the nets. This year, when God showed me the dream about growth, are we going to have growth? Yes. Growth is coming to this house, but it won't be just numbers. Growth is what we can add to your life. Not how many people come through the door. What can we add to your life? That's growth. But this takes faith. I would you have 20 people who you can charge up and fire up rather than 200 people who can't go anywhere? Amen. So right now, lift those only hands up and say, Father, I respond to your word today. This is your word to my life and to our life as a church. This is a word to our house. I'm stretching forth the curtains. I will not be in despair. I will sing barren Or not, Baron, I will sing. I will break forth into singing and I'm going to cry aloud. Though I haven't borne the very thing I've been believing you for, I will. The curtains, as some today, more light is coming in to my windows. I'm giving you more room to work. So even as tonight, before I put my head on the pillow, I'm going back into Psalm 34. And I will go to sleep with that word in my mind and in my spirit. Because you say, you waken me morning by morning. And you put a word in my spirit to sustain the weary. So Father, the word that you've given me today will sustain. Will sustain me. You've given me seed, oh God, not just bread. You've given me seed for tomorrow. So, Father, I thank you for the seed that is in my heart. And, Lord, I will water it and I will work with it. I will water it with my, with my confession. I will water it with song, with cries of how good you are. Not how but it is, not what I can't see, but I will learn to sing about you and what you are. Not what I feel, not what I don't see, but Lord, teach me to sing what you are. Teach me to discover you, O God, to know you, to find you, O God, in the darkness. In the recesses of my soul. But my soul is going to engage in a a voyage of discovering how good you are. Because when I taste that goodness. Then I will see that goodness. Oh God. Stop praying about what you haven't got. And start singing about the God you know. Let him open your eyes. See it from his perspective. Oh. Father right now. Your word has been good to us. Your word is bringing health to our soul. So, Father, right now, we pray for Paul and Emma. We pray, oh God, release the river. Release the river in that area, oh God. Release to them fulfillment. And, Father, whatever lessons they still need to learn, teach them. Teach them, oh God. Teach them your ways. So when they testify, their testimony is not just that they got What they wanted, but oh God, their testimony is they walk with the God who had something to teach them. Oh Father, don't show them the goods Paul, show them the one, show them the one who makes all things right and all things possible. At the end of the day, that woman put her pot down and she went and told that village, come and see a man. Don't show him the baby, show him the man, Christ Jesus. The baby's wonderful, that's great, but show him the man, Christ Jesus. The one who makes all things possible. So Father, we thank you today for your word. The one who makes the impossible possible. That's it, guys. Making the impossible possible. Through faith, through Christ. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a standing ovation. <laughs> not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Just hang on a minute, sweetheart. Just sit there a minute. Come on, just raise those hands, holy hands a minute. Just sit there, sweetheart. We're not finished yet. Just raise your holy hands. Just raise your holy hands. Let this word go deep into your heart because this is so, so key. We're at a point in the house where God is trying to move us to the next level we don't want we don't just want to go home excited that's not the issue that's not the point we're not trying to stir you emotionally we're trying to impact your spirit because your spirit must carry what has been said to the next levels you get out and your emotions subside and you it's not about what you feel it's what you've heard it's what you've received and what you will do with what you've heard. Don't bury it. Plant it. Water it. Speak to it. For I will speak to the well inside of me. Spring up, spring up, O oh well, Amen. For I will wait. The song comes back to me. I will wait on you, O oh Lord, Almighty God. Oh, Father, Lord, I look to you. For I will wait on you, mighty God, in the beauty of your holiness. Oh, Lord. So when you cry out to him this week, just find scripture and cry to him and say, Lord, this is who you are. This is not what I feel. This is who you are. (laughs) In Jesus' holy name, and the people of God said, "Amen." Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give him a stand ovation.